Hello Life Changes Church, welcome to our YouTube channel. We have got an amazing word prepared for you, so why don't you take out your notebook and your pen as we get ready to listen to what God has for us. So my preach today is called this, you cannot say that, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Years ago, as Quinton mentioned, it's almost 10 years that we've been here, I can't believe it, but after about six months I'd been there, there was a situation, we were one service on a Sunday, and uh, there was just a situation with an individual in the church who I'd noticed was a bit of a bully. And I don't like bullies. And so um, I called a meeting with the bully after one service, and, and I just expressed my displeasure. But he decided to express his displeasure about me, and it went something like this. You messed up this church. Wally was awesome. You are terrible. He used much different language. There was another gentleman in the room as a witness, but he used colorful language, and I let him go for a few minutes. He was, he's one of those, he was getting quite fired up. The body was getting bigger, the face was getting redder. It's just everything. And so I just let him go for a while, and I said, can we stop for a bit? And he was just fired up, and just now he was on a roll. He was angry, and, um, but the challenge was I was dealing with a bully, and this was coming to an end. That was not going to happen in this church, and I wasn't going to witness it anymore. And so it was a tough meeting, but I just let him go. And he just went. And I really had messed up life changes church horrendously. And um, eventually, I, he calmed down, and I just let him breathe a little bit. And I was very slow to just say, you see, the only problem with that is, and he looked at me like, I'm going to come with some argument. I said, the only problem with that is, I honestly think I'm the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, what? I said, I honestly believe I'm the nicest guy. And he said, you cannot say that. And he just kept shouting over and over. You can. And anyway, we've moved on nine years now and we've been all right. And, uh, and I really do think I'm the nicest guy that I know. But it doesn't actually matter. We live in a world that doesn't matter what you present. There's this freedom to shout. You can't say that. Imagine Jesus' day. Jesus comes and says, actually, guys, I just want to let you know, no longer just to not sleep with your neighbor. You no longer can look at your neighbor's wife and the people in the background. You can't say that. Uh, I'm the son of God. You can't say that. There's this new, higher, escalated understanding and life. That can be, you can't say that. Who are you to say that? And it carried on to the cross. Ha, you couldn't say that. And they thought they'd cancel Jesus. We know now it didn't work. But now, all things affirming of sexuality and everything liberal and everything that's about me, and you come with a voice or a truth that cuts across that there doesn't have to be reason to the argument. There's just a shout from the back. You cannot say that. The problem is that same shout of you cannot say that is coming from the church now. As you just go online and you watch Instagram and, you watch, and you're watching pastors and preachers, and I'm sorry to put them in their language, but they're preaching a gospel that's not in the Bible. And it's not biblical unless it's in the Bible. It can sound 2,000 years old. And it can sound wise, but if it's not in the Bible, it's not Jesus. Yeah. And so those same voices are shouting to the people preaching the gospel, you cannot say that. And I'm telling you, church, we've got to grow some thick skin to live in 2023. Because it's time to know what you are saying. Because saying nothing is no longer an option for the church. It's not an option anymore. It's been an option for a while. And we've taken it. And we've 
made, made assumptions that people know where we stand, but that assumption doesn't live anywhere. I want to read something. I wrote this. My wife said it was poetic, so I'm going to read it. The church has to find its voice because the wrong choir is singing, and they're not really good at harmonies to God's melody. So God speaks truth and the church is harmonizing, but it sounds like a mess because it's not aligned with the word of God. And it's time for the church to find our alignment so our melody to his truth, our harmonies to his truth works. And so today, if, today was the, if today's the day you want to take a gap from church, I'm going to slip out the back this one. I want to be strong with us today. Uh, because the series we're preaching is a series unashamed. It is not possible outside of Jesus, and the only way it is possible is about becoming unashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the story, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus. When I become unashamed of him, I can live a life of no shame. It is the only way, the only way. And it pulls me into a bigger story. And we've heard preaching. We've heard Quinton's story and the challenge of lust and, and these stories that pull us deeper. We've, Gabe comes and preaches. We speak out, uh, about marriage and we say, well, sex is only for marriage and God's design. And people say, you can't say that. I'm in love. I'm in love. You can't say that. I've loved the person for all these years. And I'm going, well, I'm not saying it. He said it. I'm just echoing what he said. But how we do that is important. So I want to speak today a little bit. What does it mean to follow Jesus in a world that's shouting, you cannot say that, you hypocrite. Isn't that the next line that follows? <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Maybe uh, we just got some interesting messages this week. And, and please know people have left the church because of this series. Don't look for them. I'm just telling you. Like, where's the, I, that person? I haven't seen them. Whoa. No. I'm just telling you. It's what should happen when the church is preached. It's offensive. Got messages this week from someone, and it's all, you hypocrites, and this, you I'm going, not a new message. It's not the first time I've ever heard that in my life, and it won't be the last. But in a world that is easily triggered, and you need to give me a trigger warning, so here's my trigger warning. You're probably going to be triggered today. Or a world that is so easily offended that before I even start speaking, they're offended by the fact that I'm white, I'm English, I'm under six foot, and I'm heterosexual. They're offended. I haven't even said anything yet. Wait till they find out, I love Jesus. And I said it last week, and I need to say it again. Jesus isn't looking for allies. He's looking for altars. And I need to explain what that means. Jesus doesn't need cheerleaders. He doesn't look, he's not looking for cheerleaders who when he's good, woo-hoo, when he's not good, they're like, woo Awkward. We only jump up like the IPL when he hits a six. It doesn't hit a six, we just sit disinterested. I don't know why I did that. But he's not looking for allies who come alongside, oh, I like that part of Jesus. You know, there's only five Five direct scriptures and maybe seven that refer to homosexuality, but there's 2,000 speaking about finances. If we only have truth and understanding of five, but we choose to discard 2,000, we are just an ally coming alongside because we like something about what he says rather than someone who's saying, God, I'm coming under to serve you. Romans 12 says this, Therefore I urge you, this is the apostle Paul, 
He says, I urge you. When Paul says, I urge you, he's using very nice language to say, I'm basically telling you, you have to do this for life. He says, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, with his mercy in full view and on full display as the greatest, like the greatest day in Cape Town when the, the mountain is just shining, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what does sexuality in 2023 demand? Well, your body as a living sacrifice. That's what it's demanding. Well, let's look at it. Well, let's make improvements. Number one gift for 18-year-old girls in America turning 18, breast augmentation. Costly. And, and we, the, the, the transgender world and this action of transgender transitioning, a bottom surgery for a male to become a female in South Africa costs half a million to 600,000 rand. It is multiple operations. There are always complications, including death. Costly. A living sacrifice. Sexual immorality. Give away, lay yourself down so that someone else can take from you as a sacrifice so that you can receive affirmation. The world is saying, we want your body as a living sacrifice. And Jesus said 2,000 years ago, your body laid down as a living sacrifice is worship. Sex is a worship. The world thinks they're not going to church. They're going to church every time. They go online every time they find they pay their OnlyFans subscription to some girl who, who's just jumped into a pornography world and didn't realize it. The challenge of following Jesus is this, Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to the disciples, so this is not me speaking, this is Jesus. These are the red letters. This is not my opinion. It's not the one I like. This is Jesus. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. He didn't say they must go to church. He didn't say they must look a certain way. He didn't say they do or don't have tattoos. He didn't say, he said they must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. For what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? The NLT says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, let's be honest, in 2023, are these not the most unpopular words in the world? And I can just hear people watching this now saying, you cannot say that. I'm not saying it. He said it. Shout at Jesus. Shout all day at Jesus. I'll give you his email. But it says this, if anyone, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary. Please know this, reach far. All. Our hearts have to be wide, wide, wide open. It says, must deny himself. Oh, but we all want to do what we want to do, don't we? I want to do what I want to do. It means he decides the direction. Can you imagine a king in the old days? We're going left. I'm sorry, boss. I'm just a humble servant, but I, I feel right best. Whoop, there goes your legs. Keep your arms. Say anything more. No, we have this understanding that we're, we're Jesus' ally. We'll walk with him while he's going our direction. Oh, but he didn't like that he touched on that. 
He demanded something of me. He, he, he asked something of me. Now, I am a wild horse, but I'm bridled to the king's chariot, and I stay bridled, and I can unbridle myself at any time, and so can you. And I can run wild, and I will count for nothing, or I get to pull the king's chariot into glory. That's what the gospel is. It's an invitation to say, will Jesus be your king? He says this, deny yourself. You've got to understand that action of denying yourself is hard. And so we're talking to the area of sexuality, and, and yes, what does it look like? Well, it looks like young people and single people. I'm saying, yeah, actually, sexuality right now, experience and practicing sexuality is not for you right now, but hold on to God. And you're saying, but Mark, that's easy for you. Would you more married? No, the day I got married, the other four billion options of marriage got taken away. And I deny myself four billion for one before God. And so what about the person dealing with same-sex attraction? In our community, my brother and all others navigating a life, I'm saying yes, deny us of why? Because there is great joy in serving Jesus. And there is great satisfaction, both in this life, but even more into an eternity. We are so here and now minded. We are so take what we can now, enjoy and satisfaction, we forget that tomorrow is going to be a long day in his presence. A long day. Like just a long day. It says, what does it mean to take up your cross? Well, what was the cross? Number one, it was a sign of opposition. A cross was used to execute criminals of the state in opposition to him. So the minute you take up your cross, you, be, you receive opposition. Deal with it. Deal with it. It's what it means to be a Jesus, a Jesus follower. You put your hand up to say, there's going to be opposition in my story. So don't be challenged, business people. When you're in a world that's celebrating things that you can't celebrate and you have to make statements. Now I'm going to talk how we make the statements. And I'll talk some of the basis for the statements. But, but understand this, there will be opposition. There's always going to be. There always has been. You're not new. You're not the first generation to that. Actually, previous generations have lost their lives for it. We just get shouted down. What about shame? Take up your cross means take on shame. The execution was reserved for criminals who hung. They're often naked. What it means to take up your cross? You become exposed. It's suffering, this kind of execution was designed to prolong suffering. To take up your cross, deny yourself, is, is to mean I put my hand up to, to live a life where suffering's part of the deal. Some of you are like, Mark's really angry today. That cough has hurt him badly. No, as we're preaching this series, I can't, uh, there's no point me going at a sexual orientation. No point me trying to fight an agenda. That's not the point unless you see Jesus. It doesn't make sense. And the denying yourself just becomes this whipping yourself. It's not that I'm saying there is great, great pleasure in following Jesus greater than the world could ever, ever offer to you or anyone else. And lastly, what comes with the cross? There's death. Except for Jesus, everyone else who took, bore their cross experienced death. And so here's the Jesus challenge. He says in Luke 6, 46, I'm giving you some hard scriptures today. Write them down. Luke 6, 46, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you do not do what I say? <laughs> Should we just stop? Should we just go home and yeah. write that down, go read that a few times? Why do you keep calling me Lord? Jesus is like us. Why do you keep calling me Lord? But you don't do what I say. Lord is Lord. 
Lord makes decisions because Lord knows when Lord was there at the beginning, he said, table mountain, woof, and you go, but you can't deal with my situation, God. He goes, what? I made the seas and the heavens and all those weird animals, and I didn't negotiate with you about the giraffe. Like, I didn't come to you. I didn't need your wisdom. I promise you I'm happy. <laughs> Following Jesus is to embrace a life of denying yourself. But denying yourself is to embrace the promises of God for this life and eternity. What does deny yourself mean? It means your new self, your new creation, your resurrected body. You're made alive in Christ. The day he rose you up from death speaks to your old, sinful, broken self, corrupted by brokenness, and you deny it, the call for the, the carnal and the, the immediate. And you make those decisions. And it'll be different for all of us, but it's a necessary journey. Why? Because of believing the promises. It's not this life, I'm just going to beat myself back. No, it's believing the promises. There are promises in Christ. Amazing promises of life and satisfaction. So this is hard. So how do we engage a world around us in 2023? And I, I don't want to be long today. I just want to be helpful. A world that is so easily triggered. Have you heard that word triggered? It's just like, it's like everyone's, the, 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 the emotions are cocked like a gun ready to just shoot. The fingers on there like just waiting to shoot someone. Doesn't really matter what, I've just got to shoot someone. Just, ah. They're so easily offended. I'm offended. I haven't even said anything. I'm just a white guy who didn't make six foot. Why are you offended? Shouts and we live in a world, we live your truth. The Bible says Jesus is the truth. Here's the life. We live in a world that says be your authentic self. I'm so tired of the word authentic. The Bible says Jesus is the truth. He is life. It says be who God created you to be. There's no authenticity outside of Jesus. You're just giving it a go without design. The world says it's your life. Do you want or do what you want? The Bible says it's God's life. Do what he says. The world says God is love. Uh, the world says love is love. God says, and the Bible says God is love. So the challenge is are we just these irrelevant agents doing time or do we have a mission here? Do we have a mission? What's the mission on the wall? Is that just something to keep the church entertained? No, it's the reason I live. Honestly, it's the reason I live. It's the reason I do what I do. I absolutely loved business. You just needed to ask my wife. I love doing business. I love being in the business world. But God called me to something, and he's called you to something. And it's the same thing. It's just different parts and places that we play. It's the same thing. We're going to face the same things. The world is not our target to attack, but it's our mission field to reach. I'm telling you, too much of the church lives like we're out there with our own triggers, ready, boom, 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 our Jesus bullets. He didn't give you bullets. He gave you a life to lay down on an altar, a sacrificial life. Sometimes you're going to have to just lose to win for the gospel. That's what sacrifice is. You're going to lose. Oh, but they're accusing me of stuff. Jesus went like a lamb to the slaughter, silent, silent. But, but you've got to fight. No, silence. You've got to trust God. Silence. But, 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 but they're all commenting. Who cares? Who cares? The way to winning the world is not shouting at them how, how right we are, 
but how wrong we are without Jesus. It's the only way. I'm telling you. We've got to flip some of these things around. So how does the church respond? I don't know if you saw this week. Have you seen the amazing series called The Chosen? It's just, it's just such a beautiful presentation of Jesus that I've never seen like that. I've seen some pretty horrendous Jesus movies, to be honest. Like just worst production. They've taken the story of Jesus and presented it into a way we want to sit down. Just I'm weeping because I see Jesus. And so someone saw a video and saw a picture of a three-inch pride flag, gay pride flag, on the set of The Chosen. And now every Christian in America is shouting, boycott The Chosen. So I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to offend you. Because their stance has been since the beginning, they want the best production they can get to serve. They preach the mission. The content is Jesus. The mission is clear. Take Jesus to the world. But they allow people to bring their skills in that to serve the mission. And there just happened to be someone in the thing who on their camera had a three-inch pride flag. They got caught in a photo, and the world's going, cancel. And I'm challenged by that. All the shouts. I mentioned a retailer that had... A sign, don't be an ally. Next minute, people online, boycott Woolworths. And... Let me give you something to challenge your thinking. Who built the holy temple? Angels? David's men? Mm-mm. You ever heard of a pagan king called Haram? See, what happened is, David built his first temple. And he called on his mate, a pagan king from Tyre. He said, I need your wood and I need your skills. And he did such a good job that as David was passing his kingdom onto his son Solomon and said, here is the master plan for the holy temple that will house the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in the midst of God people. Here's the plan. And, and Solomon received the plan. And then David says, but I'm telling you this, call in Haran, a pagan king who helped me previously and will be able to provide the wood that you need and the skilled labor. And Solomon just brought laborers because Haram had the skills. The holy temple wasn't just built by holy people. God can use anyone. And if King David, yes, the same King David, Goliath, doof. The same King David dancing in his undies. The same King David fighting into battle. The same King David who fell. That same King David described as a man after God's own heart can make friends with a pagan king and allow him to be the supplier of goods to the building of his home and the holy temple. It's got to challenge our understanding of why am I here? Am I here as someone to target the world and tell them how bad they are? Or am I here to live a life that brings glory to God? And how I do that, I've got to understand. Maybe mission's got to determine it rather than just my preferences, my prejudices, and my own bigotry. That was enjoyable, eh? I'm not saying celebrate pride. It's the last thing I want you to celebrate. I'm not saying to the young people in our rooms that are being pulled into marketing meetings on how to drive, you know, step out of rooms if you had to. I know, I've done it. I've walked away from jobs. One of the jobs I got offered back in the day that was unbelievably game-changing for me was, could you drive the sale of a certain alcohol for a certain brand to 18 to 21-year-olds? I said, actually, I'm out. And I drink alcohol. I'm not offended by alcohol. I just couldn't give my life to that. 
there's lines we, we can't cross. But, but, but make sure those lines are determined by the word of God and the mission. Because God wants to reach people. And some of them are in companies where there just happens to be two or three marketing guys making decisions. And they're just the teller. And you're going, I hate your company and I want it to die. Haram. Challenging, eh? Just a thought. Use it. Don't use it. But on the wall, we have reached far. How far will you reach? So if we little T-Rex arms, we're going to come, the guy guy can't walk and he needs to be lifted up. He says, sorry, I can't reach you. I can't reach you. And we're so offended, we become little T-Rexes that we can never reach anyone. Oh, that person swore when we had coffee the other day. I'm out. Really? So five humble challenges from a pastor to make it light and fluffy now. Number one, slow down. Just slow down. Before you hit that share button, slow down. Run some bases. Do some theology. Seek the Lord. Pray. Get someone to see your message. And understand this. I don't think Jesus has ever won on social media. Ever. Ever. I see pastors fighting, people shouting, and we're living in a world where everyone feels they've got to shout, and I'm telling you, I don't see Jesus winning. I just don't. When I look at Jesus, the one who allowed, the king of kings who allowed himself to be murdered on a cross, he was willing to lose so that they would be the ultimate win. Are you willing to lose some battles, some dignity in the eyes of the world, some favor with some people, some followers? Are you willing to lose? Because if you're not, you're going to struggle with the gospel. Daniel Kahneman calls it slow thinking or what Paul the Apostle describes as discernment. It's not. We are children of God. We are children of the trigger. We're children of God. We are different. We're of a different kingdom. Live as children of the light, which means we are shaped by goodness and righteousness and truth. It shapes our responses. Church, we're too easily offended, eh? Honestly, we are far too easily offended. And we just start looking like the world. Secondly, and this is probably the biggest challenge, humble challenges from a pastor. Theological faithfulness. What do I mean? Well, amening to something you like about the Bible, but being very quiet on the things you don't, means you're just an Allah. Which means when we bring a perspective, an opinion, a strength, make sure when you claim it's Jesus saying, make sure Jesus said it. In the way that you are saying it. In the context of which you are presenting it. In a way that represents him because you're presenting his truth, not yours. There's a call and a desperate need in this age. And Jesus comes and the, these fancy guys, the Pharisees, says some Pharisees came to test him, Matthew 19, They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? I get asked this question often. In Jesus' time, divorce was a problem. Jesus doesn't start with divorce. He starts like this. Haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning and starts quoting Genesis. 
the question for the church in 2022, 2023, I think, is have we read? Have we read? Jesus goes to the guys of the age who would have just had the Old Testament writings, and he goes, haven't you read? Because they're the Pharisees supposed to be. And we come and I watch people shouting on Facebook at each other with some kind of authority. And I'm going, where did you read that? Is that Jesus? I mean, I've loved Jesus for 30 years now. I don't see that in the Word, and I don't see that in Jesus. And anything that's not Jesus will not have authority. If something truly is biblical, I'll say it again, it actually needs to come from the Bible. There's a difference between quoting a one-off scripture and doing theology. And I want to challenge church, and we'll do some training. We did a course a while ago. We'll do it again. How do you do theology? How do you take something like the issue of homosexuality and do theology rather than just take five scriptures and keep throwing it at the world? You aren't called to throw scriptures at the world like paint on a wall. You're called to engage people, love people, and pull sons and daughters of the living God into the kingdom of light. That's called doing Christianity. And the only way we're going to do that is when we integrously on every issue in our lives. And you're not going to be able to do it all on a weekend. You're not. You're not. But you've got to be able to do it. When it comes to your time, your talents, your treasures, your emotions, your relationships, your marriage, your everything, you've got to do theology. You've got to have a process. And the problem is when you take something like homosexuality, most of the writings that are being presented are by an affirming voice that is sponsored by a political agenda writing to affirming homosexuality as God's way. And I'm telling you, it's really bad theology. The hermeneutics, the way of doing theology are unbelievably bad. The problem is a lot of the church is going with it. And so you have this slide because the same principles and premises that are used to justify and affirm something like homosexuality are being used in other areas now. You will see the degradation of marriage. You will see the brokenness in relationships. You will see the hierarchy and the identity of God as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost broken down. Why? Because it all stems from who God is. Now, I know that's a lot, but let me just make a statement as a church in the area of almost everything. We say it in the area of of homosexuality, and if you need that preach, it's on our website. I preached this one area a few years ago. But as a church, our theological stance, not our preference, not our bigotry, not what we prefer, our theological submission to the Word of God is welcoming but not affirming. What does that mean? It means everyone and everyone, we want to come through those doors, and we want the doors wide open. So that Sunday isn't just the church. Sunday's not just for the church and just for believers. I've said it before. I cannot give my life to entertain Christians for the rest of my life. I've got to reach people. I've got to see people coming in broken and bruised and lost and addicted in whatever state coming in and made whole. And the only way we navigate that journey is understanding. But, but know this. There's a non-affirming. The same way there will be a non-affirming for the greedy or the bully. Or the bully. Or, or, or the swindler. There will no ability to release. And we've had people come here because they love the life of God in the community. And we've had people of same-sex relationships who are practicing homosexuality, who have left marriages to engage, who've sat here for months. And I've walked, I said, what is the deal here? Help me. 
And then we sat for coffee after coffee, all of us weeping and me having to say with tears in my eyes, I will never be able to release you into the gifts that God got, into the release and to serve in the light of community. Why? Because I cannot affirm your choices because the Bible says they're rebellious to the word of God. Now, I know that sounds hard. Do you really think I like saying that? If you know me, you'll know this. I like being liked. I really do. I honestly do think I'm the nicest guy I know. That's where anyone can say amen. Anyone. Like, it's, it's uh, okay, promotion. No, it's, uh, it's uh, I really do. And we all do. But I love Jesus more than my own affirmation. I, I, I just, I truly believe he's king and Lord of all. So it demands a few things. It demands faith. It demands community that's okay with mess. It demands a thick skin, maturity, and a willingness to reach far. Three more points, quickly. Number three, it demands to love courageously. When last did you love courageously? Preston Sprinkle, search the name, very good on the subject. Jesus is building an upside-down kingdom where outcasts have their feet washed. The marginalized are welcome, and dehumanized people feel humanized once again. Where truth is upheld, celebrated, and proclaimed. Where those who fall short of that truth are loved. You can't love someone without listening to them. It's hard, demanding, and it's challenging. And there's going to be difference in affirming sexual ethics. And, but at the end of the day, we're called to love courageously. Two more things. Number four, Christ confidence. Simply this. And, and this one enables the second one. But I, a confidence, do you have a confidence? Because when the shouting voice is saying, you cannot say that, start shouting, you've got to have some confidence to stand. Or you're going to cower back. Oh, you're right. Because some random voice shouted, you cannot say that. And you've got to have confidence that I am a child of God. That I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And God helps me because I realized I cannot help myself. And I've got my own sin problem. I've got my own brokenness. The Bible says we all fall short. All of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us sin. But it doesn't erode my confidence in the ability of Jesus to overcome it all. And because of Christ's confidence, I can live in absolute humility. And this is where I would land and present to you. Just five, how do you engage a world in 2023? Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we forget that, when I forget that outside of Jesus, I deserve wrath. It doesn't matter what careers we leave behind. It doesn't matter how much money we give. It doesn't matter how many times you got on your knees to pray. When I forget that I've received grace, I'm useless for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. I'm just a religious act. I'm just a show. Ephesians 4 verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. I struggle with that. This is where you don't need to say amen. Outside of the presence of God, I'm an arrogant man. Outside of the presence of God, I've always backed myself than I should. But because of God, He demands a humility 
to suck it up sometimes. To not defend yourself every time. To not have to have people think much of you every time. And to stop caring what people think most of the time. Be completely humble. Proverbs 11, where pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Stop fighting the world. Stop putting a target on other people's backs and realize that the enemies put a target on yours. Stay humble on your knees before the living God and rise in confidence to love courageously. So five hopefully helpful, simple things today. Slow down. I'm watching the, the church. It's like, oh, it's Pride Month. We must fight. Just slow down. Stop throwing paint on walls that didn't have paint on and all of a sudden we've caused more problems. Slow down. Stop reacting. Find yourself in the presence of God more. In His Word more. Just slow down. Breathe a little deeper. Jesus is still on His throne. The end is written. It's finished. Set on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's declared to our future. Slow down. Theological faithfulness. Here's what I can't take away from you. You've got to do the work. I can't do it for you. You've got to find the truth. If you need help, it's our job. We'll help you. Do good theology. It'll lead to life. It'll be the greatest investment you can make into your future. Love courageously courageously when last did you love courageously are the doors of your home still open because I'll tell you if the doors of your home aren't open the doors of your heart probably aren't two more Christ confidence know who you are and when the world shouts you can't say that just say I'm not saying it he said it I'm just the echo I'm just the harmony but with a posture of absolute humility if we really want to see and fulfill the mission God's called us to is to reach people who are far from God not far from church far from God who, who, who needs to be raised up in Christ that's hard work when have you tried to pick up a dead body have you ever it's hard work and to release wide for the kingdom of God then to send them out Respond in love. When the world shouts, you cannot say that. Just shout and say it. The one who loves you more than anyone else in this world, whoever will, you can trust him. Then we can say that with authority, with grace, with love. Not over social media, face to face, with grace. What an amazing, amazing word. If you would like to find out about what's happening in the life of the church, why don't you follow us on our social media? Instagram or Facebook, or you can go into our website, lifechanges.org.za. Thank you so much for watching that video. Be blessed.